When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. After more than 15 hours of time spent on a tennis court, Feliciana Lopez owns both the singles and the doubles trophy here at the Fever Tree Championships uh, at the Queen's Club. And he's done the latter, the doubles, with Andy Murray, who six months ago we thought had retired. And he's playing with a metal hip, and he looks like he's a, a newborn suddenly. He's so happy. And uh, it's been quite an astonishing day. Both matches going to final sets. Uh, Feliciano Lopez beating Gilles Simon. And then uh, Murray and Lopez teaming up to overcome Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram in just fantastic style. And it's just been, I, I would say, a special end to an incredible week. I'm completely overwhelmed by it, to be honest with you. I'm slightly nervous about recording this podcast because I can't really process it all it's been a complete emotional overload today I, I I mean I know better stories have happened in tennis and I know it's recency bias and being there bias and all of that but I'm struggling to think of how at the beginning of the week you could have written a better script for yeah how it would all come together yeah. and end and I just don't think you could nobody it's was coming up with that one spine tingling in every possible way yeah it has and, and actually Lopez's words on the court kind of summed it up when he said you know in, in 2017 it was when I won this title it was the best day of my career it was the be- my best ever win and I thought you know that's, that's it now nothing can be better than this and, and this is better yeah, well, <laughs> to come in, come in uh, to to the Amazon studio. We had to come back into studio moments after that, and I had tears in my eyes. I found it, really, and Daniela did as, as well. I was on the court. Thank, thank goodness for Greg. I was standing. <laughs> who just I, took it away. I was standing next to Gilles Simon on the court, and I was a bit choked up. I was like, Gilles, are you feeling this? It was incredibly emotional. Yeah. It it was. Uh, I mean, I was tearing up when he was thanking Stephen Farrow. And I thought, OK, I'll just get this over with. And uh, it's all going to be... I mean, oh, what a, what a beautiful bromance. It's all so... Oh, it's lovely. Oh, OK, it's all good. And then he cracks on with... Then he says, oh, one last thing. I'd like to thank my my girlfriend, my future wife. And I, oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. And, oh, I mean... He spoke so movingly and with such humour. The the line about that he finished on, 
um, about she doesn't know much about tennis uh, and when we got together I told her I'm a really good tennis player <laughs> and I haven't really won many matches since we got together and now she's going to believe me that I'm a really good <laughs> tennis player that's great yeah um, actually I thought Gilles Simon spoke very well yeah he did um, it, it really warm words about the tournament and definitely connected with the crowd because it was as a match it was just fascinating it was everything that Simon against Medvedev the day before wasn't because you had the contrast in styles and to to watch Lopez trying to find ways to unlock the game of Simon how do you attack him where do you attack him I was sitting in the the player lounge watching in the second set when Lopez was trying to put him away and he got that first set he was trying to to close the door because at one stage you thought this could end up being 3-6-2 or something and um, and in the second set we kept watching Lopez slice down the line onto the backhand side of of Simon and it was just not happening at all this this tactic he'd got um, and Peter Fleming just said, you, you, you've just got to stop doing this. That You don't go there. But when you looked at the game of Simon, it's like, how, how do you attack the net against this guy? It's really difficult because he's got great movement and great passing shots. How do you attack anything against this guy? I was looking at him thinking, well, surely the only way you can hit past him is if you've got an absolute sledgehammer of a weapon like... Del Potro or just some ridiculous serve. I mean, Lopez has got a flipping great serve. <laughs> it just um, in the face of roadrunner Gilles Simon, just suddenly didn't look quite as great for mm. a while. Yeah. And I love the way, what, I mean, maybe not quite love, but I was fascinated by the way that Gilles Simon just tries to suck you in, doesn't he? That was his tactic, just to suck him into his vortex of, of, um, of being obstinate. Yes, that's a very good way of putting said it. Stubborn last night, and yeah. variations on a theme, but just I'm going to obstinately keep ping ponging this ball around, and you're going to get annoyed. Yeah. And this is how this is going to go. And it happened to Neil, to Neil Medvedev yesterday, and you're going to go the same way, and it's not going to be fun. He's got he's got this web, hasn't he? He's just trying to draw you into it, and um, yeah. And yet he's just not having it, um, Feliciano Lopez. He he actually has a fantastic mental approach to tennis, doesn't he? Because he ha- there are limitations to his game. He doesn't have a reliable topspin backhand. He has an occasionally spectacular topspin backhand, but it's it's effectively the slice, right? I've got a great slice. I know what I'm doing with that. Until he gets on the doubles court. Yes. <laughs> and then when he- suddenly he's got a... A really great topspin backhand. Well, I think a lot of people talk about how it's easier to hit that shot when you have players in front of you and you have targets to go at rather than just the open court and you're trying to rally. Um, but his serve is is violent. His forehand is heavy. And and his athleticism, I mean, he, he got the winning... I would say he got the winning points, really, at the net. His, his athleticism, his ability to anticipate and just take the play away eventually from Simon. I, I, at times, I, I, when we were going into that final set tie-break, I thought Simon was the favourite. So. Yeah, I mean, he, mentally, he's a really interesting, kind of unique case because there are so many players in tennis and it's all these buzzwords at the moment about staying present and staying in the moment and trusting the process. And most people, most players that you're talking about that, you feel like 
they're trying to override their system and 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 reprogram it with the staying present stuff whereas Feliciano Lopez just sort of is he's like head in the clouds kind of I'm just doing my thing I can't really tell what the score is I don't know and it it just works perfectly for, I mean he came to the he and uh, Andy Murray well, I mean we'll get on to the doubles but he and Andy Murray came to the Prime Video studio after their doubles victory and uh, one of the things we ended up discussing was the the appeals from WTA players for to be Andy Murray's mixed doubles partner at Wimbledon. And Lopez goes, oh, what about Ash Barty? <laughs> and you, Andy you... just looked at him and goes, she turned me down. <laughs> and I said, where have you been? <laughs> where, I mean, seriously, where have you been? That's been the hottest story of the week. And he said, oh, I don't really do the internet. <laughs> Because he's just, you know, he's just doing his thing, isn't he? He's, you know, he's not worrying about all this extraneous stuff that we're all stressing. I don't know, that he just seems to be on a slightly different plane. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it seems great, that plane. <laughs> yeah, let, let me in. Avoiding the internet. That's my new philosophy. Um, but no, it's... Um, it was yeah, interesting. He's not, he's not responding to Pavi G's tweets, is he? <laughs> Didn't expect him to get a mention on the podcast today. Uh, neither am I after I muted him. Anyway, um, the that studio interview that you mentioned, it was very interesting having Lopez and, uh, and Murray together. And also you got that line about who the other mixed doubles partner that turned Andy Murray down was. And it was? Kiki Mladenovic. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, because with all due respect to Kiki Mladenovic, I know she's trying to crack on in singles and, and reach the heights that she did a couple of years ago. She's hired Sasha Bayern, etc., etc. Kiki Mladenovic ain't winning the singles title at Wimbledon. Mm. She She's not. So That's quite a, an emphatic statement. Is it one you're disagreeing with? Well, it hasn't happened yet, has it? Tournament. I mean... Put it this way, I've always thought she has the game that could be very effective there. And with Sasha Bayern mm. there, his record is such that you wonder whether maybe this year is the one where she's going to have a real run. No, I don't think she's <laughs> going to win it. But um, I find the decision fascinating because it's kind of a statement of intent, I imagine. Um, maybe, maybe we should be giving her credit for having that sort of ambition and not just taking this exciting once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the greater good of her career. Maybe, yeah, but also, how could you? Mm. I, I, I don't... Mladenovic and Azarenka were the two names I put to him because they were the two that, that Daniela and Greg kept coming up with as, as the most obvious options. Why, why did they think that? because well, they're both great doubles players mm. they're both probably not going to win the singles even though they're good at the singles um, Azarenka's probably going to be more dangerous at the US Open isn't she yeah so yeah all those reasons I mean they're mm. just really great doubles but I mean I don't know whether it was on the base that Andy talked a lot about chemistry didn't he yeah um, and that being the key to why it worked with Lopez and um, I guess it's a little bit of guesswork about where he's going to get the chemistry in terms of mixed doubles partners. Um, but, I mean, as Azarenka obviously hasn't been asked. She's not one of those that's 
put her name forward, but I do just wonder. He said he 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 was fairly interested in the prospect of a Williams sister. Ah. As you would be. Who was the more likely, did you sense? I sensed that he thought Venus was the more likely. Ah. Well, that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah. That, yeah, well, OK, we'll sign up to that. Uh, the, the thing that I noticed um, about the, the doubles combination between Lopez and Murray, being courtside, the, the last few games... We, we have to assemble for the presentation because I'm working behind the scenes here. And so I go out and I stand literally next to the court, just a few metres away from the players. And when they're up that your end of the court, the conversations, the, the encouragement that you hear that you don't pick up on the camera, on the microphones, and, and, and probably if you're in the stands, it's, it's something like I've never really heard before, apart from when I'm here. And... <laughs> Lopez is hilarious. I mean, he, he's crouching down low at the net, ready to, to, for his, his partner to serve. And then he sort of stands up, turns to him and goes, come on, Andy, like this. You know, just gives him an extra bit of a, a, a boost, you know. And then Murray hit a, a bit of a howler. He, he hit a, a forehand into the net that you thought he was going to hit a passing shot. And he, and he was like, oh, you know. And then he goes, sorry, Feli. And I thought, that's interesting, isn't it, to actually apologise to your partner? Yeah, and I, I noticed that yesterday, actually, um, because, you, I mean, the standard route, um, the standard policy with doubles is to have a no-blames policy, right, to mm. not do apologies. And I, actually, there's a... Oh, I'm, I obviously am too tired to remember the name of it, but there's a, there's a really good book on tennis psychology that my brother recommended to me that actually really focuses on that and my brother read it and I remember the the next time I hit with him afterwards we were just knocking up and every time I sort of miscued a ball or didn't didn't feed it right and said oh you know sorry this is just a a local park knockabout he would say no don't say sorry that's not that's that is not the correct psychology um, and actually, it did have a, a minute impact on my meagre game, the, the sort of psychological um, shift, I suppose. And, and that's micro, micro scale of what these guys are going through. And usually, usually with doubles, after a team has won or lost a point, you can't really tell the difference because they'll do a high five or a fist pump either way won't they and which always makes me laugh when a doubles team you know double fault and they do a they do a low five what are you doing that was rubbish so i've got to stop apologizing to people is that right well yeah well no because lopez and murray were doing it and they won the title won the title right i'm going to apologize to everybody for everything yeah they're carving a, a new they're forging a new path for doubles except they're not going to play together next week or the week after (laughs) <laughs> oh dear um, so the, the I mean first of all just, just to wrap up have I said how, how well Gilles Simon spoke because yes. I, was, I was very impressed with him and um, you know we've had our moments this week me and him but I, I, I thought he, he handled himself really well um, I, I, I got the sense that Lopez is probably going to have a few days off now uh, he's, he, he has a chance to play Eastbourne I don't think he's going to play by the sounds of, of him I mean he, he's going to have to put himself back together I think um, and then so is Feliciano Lopez in the mix well have we defined the Wimbledon mix yet no, well no we haven't 
but I'm just asking you if he's in it. Uh, you know, because well, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember when he won it two years ago, and then he got injured, didn't he, halfway through Wimbledon? And it was, it was a shame that. And when you watch him play on grass like he did today and all week long, it's it's hard to believe that he can't cut a route through the draw. Depending, I mean, it depends on who he plays, but I don't know. Maybe he is. Yeah, I mean, I have long thought, oh, maybe he ought to be in the mix at Wimbledon, and he never has been. And, oh, it sounds really brutal, but has anything changed? I mean, he's already won this title. He's already played brilliant tennis here on grass. He's already shown us that he's capable of doing that. He's shown us today that he's still capable of doing that. But Wimbledon has always been some kind of bridge too far. And that's always that's always surprised me. I'm surprised he's not, maybe not surprised he's not won it, but I'm surprised he's not reached the semi-final yeah, maybe he probably he ought to have quarter-finals I think I think one quarter-final yeah I can't 100% remember um, but I, look I know what you mean it's uh, I don't go into it thinking that he's in the top six names even though he's just won no. the FIFA Tree Championships but I do think he's in he's in the top maybe eight to ten names and um, so the quarter-finalist might, you know, it, uh, I suppose the draw depends on a lot because he's going to be going in with a wild card. So he could draw Djokovic first round or some, somebody like that. And then probably that's it. Djokovic could draw Kyrgios first round. Yeah. Ooh, that, 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 yes, please. <laughs> That'd be lovely. I mean, that draw is going to be interesting. Yeah. Who interesting. Do you, how do you think that Murray and... Three-time quarter-finalist. Oh, really? Excuse me. Oh, well done. But not since 2011. Okay. How do you think Murray and Ebert will get on at Wimbledon, based on what you've seen so far? Really, really well. I, I, thought, I found their press conference very interesting. There was an answer by Murray about the differences when playing with different types of partner. And it was so analytical, and it gave you this fantastic insight into what sort of commentator he would be if he ever decided to take it up. The, the, the level of detail that he has from experience and also just watching the game is way beyond pretty much anybody that I've heard discuss this sort of subject. And, and he was talking about how doubles partners co- need to complement each other, and they need to also sort of cover up their weaknesses between them. Um, and He's not going to have the Lopez serve to rely on. That was the a point that he made. And, and standing courtside and seeing the way this mule kick of a serve it would come down from Lopez from time to time. And, and Murray said, you know, I, I sometimes feel... A, he almost said, I sometimes feel a bit embarrassed on court or a bit self-conscious or a bit bad that I don't have a serve like that because... I feel like I'm letting the team down. You know, he's doing all... And I, my serve... And he, his serve was threatened threatened today it was under threat quite a lot and same yesterday yeah I wonder the rest if that, of his game gets him out of it that's the thing i wonder if that sort of slight inferiority complex about it led to led to the wobbles hmm. he was having on serve because by far the murray the murray serve is probably the weakest aspect of their side of the court yeah um it was definitely the most susceptible 
to be broken and attacked and there were some second serves that were just creeping over the net weren't there um which made for all the angst and drama that we have missed about yes. watching Andy Murray tennis matches that's right well, we have missed it um, but, uh, but uh, it's just going to be so much fun. I was just talking in the bar with Stu Fraser from the Times about what, say, for instance, what the US Open, certainly what Wimbledon is going to be like, but what's the US Open going to be like, for instance, when you've got Andy Murray doubles and mixed doubles to cover as well as the rest of the tournament? <laughs> We're never going to have a night off. We're never going to have an hour off. It's just going to be crazy. But it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, if this bit I could do, I mean, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> But in principle, I could do this week over and over and over again. It's been... Oh, that's good. It's been magical. It's been absolutely magical. I, I mean, if this is how I feel about it. <laughs> how do you think they feel about it? Yeah. Well, they do look chuffed. Absolutely delighted. And, and Murray just looks like he's got a new lease of life. Um, so, well done then. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, tennis podcast listeners. David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Now, talking to people who 
have had a, uh, a just a feeling of total ecstasy today. Ash Barty is the new world number one. Now, I ordinarily we would be leading on that because that that is the biggest news of the day in the tennis world the fact that ash barty is the new world number one the reason we're not is because we are here at queens and therefore that that takes our attentions in this particular week but it's a, it's an astonishing achievement given how quickly she has done this from a, a zero ranking three years ago from being nowhere near this a year ago and she has just built this game that has just not only be, been easy on the eye, that's the one thing I think she was almost the cool person to pick, wasn't she, a year ago at Wimbledon. And now she's made herself into just a, a genuine contender everywhere she goes because her game is, it has teeth as well as being easy on the eye now. Yeah, and all week she's been saying, because it's, we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, that... Um, I think from Thursday it was set in stone that if she won the title she would reach world number one. I guess that was when Osaka lost. Yeah. Um, and she's been doing her um, her down-to-earth Aussie job of um, playing down any hopes or expectations she might have about reaching world number one. She was doing the whole, you know... I'm just going to focus on my tennis and my results and if the ranking happens, it happens. I'm not I'm not looking at it. And then you looked at the photos of her today after achieving the world number one ranking, clutching the the trophy. Like It reminded me actually of the pictures of Simona Halep um, when she clutched that huge one-shaped bouquet yes. as she did in... It was China, wasn't it? Um, a couple of years ago and you could see all the validation in her face that and I think she used that word herself maybe not immediately but sort of in the aftermath the validation that she felt that that status gave her and nobody can take that away now nobody can ever take it away and I don't want to put words in Ash Barty's mouth but that I saw something of the same in in her today I'm looking forward to seeing those pictures I haven't seen them yet and um you're right because she's somebody who I don't want to say she has a guard up but judging by the interview you did with her and Simon Briggs has reported and I've heard interviews with her she's she's developed this well this exterior I think which is probably not the worst idea in the world to just help her cope within her own little sphere and and as a result we don't really know what she's going through sometimes but I'm pleased if she's been able to really share that feeling yeah, yeah and Andrew and had to endure a barrage of disappointment and and criticism from from the world for having the temerity to turn down andy murray's uh, doubles advances T- tongue-in-cheek though wasn't it most of the tongue-in-cheek but then she did release that pretty heartfelt statement about how it was the most difficult decision she'd ever made in her career so I think she just answered a question. Um, I think she was asked, and she she gave us she gave an answer. But well, the answer was that it was the most difficult decision yeah. she's made in her career. So we were all, you know, quipping and making flippant jokes about it. Whereas actually, for her, it was a, a really significant thing, and she'll probably have all sorts of what ifs. I mean, imagine, yeah, at Wimbledon, yeah, she, she'll probably see it going on and thinking, yeah, of course she been, will. That would have been fun. Who will it be going on with, though? Who do you? Well, who do you think now? I think Venus now. Yeah. Maybe Azarenka? 
Yeah, well, as I say, you those were the that. two that I mentioned. Mm. And he said, oh, well, I already asked Medenovich and that went badly. And then he said, now I'm starting to feel a bit a bit weird about asking people because I've been turned down. Um, so he's letting the offers come flooding into him. I think they've all been going, whatever formal offers there are, you know, outside of the the Twitter stuff, they've all gone into to his agent and he's been fielding them this week and I think they'll sit down. I think he said Wednesday he'd make a decision or announce the decision on Wednesday. So that is your deadline, people, to get your offers in. Okay, I will. Um, Roger Federer won Haller. No great surprise. <laughs> Tenth time. He always wins it. He's didn't been... last year, and he lost fourth round of Wimbledon on court one. Oh, yeah, Chorich beat him last year, didn't he? I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Goffin, 7-6-6-1. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, the ageless Federer, the ageless Lopez. I mean, the combined age of 74. Just a month between them. They are the Is two... That oldest grass court title winners ever um, and you'd think Lopez would have at least got that record today <laughs> but no no along strolls Roger Federer who's just not Haller. having it it's not he's just pff, <laughs> extinguishing dreams left right and centre <laughs> Roger Federer is he in the mix he's Greg's prime mixer is he? He's Greg's fever tree tonic. Oh, okay. In Mallorca, uh, Sophia Kenin beat Belinda Bencic. My goodness, six seven seven six six four. Ooh, two hours and forty two minutes. That was a war. I have to watch some highlights of that. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Eastbourne starts tomorrow, and also Antalya, uh, the tournament in Turkey. Don't don't think Feliciano Lopez is going to be in Eastbourne, is he? I don't think, I don't think he's going to be anywhere. I think he's going to have his feet <laughs> he's up. He's going to be in the massage chair in the players' lounge yeah. here for the next week. Drinking milk out of his trophy is what he's <laughs> going to be doing. Preparing for Wimbledon. Um, and he's going to be buzzing, isn't he? He's going yeah. to t- nobody's going to want to face Feliciano Lopez. He's going to be 100 in the world with a wild card. You know. Yeah, I think he's up to 53 in the world now. Oh, based on this win? Based on this win, wow. yeah. yeah. of course. I mean, five. It was points. projected to be 53. I mean, it depended a little bit on a couple of challenger results, but so yeah, I think 53. before yeah. the tournament. It's a heck of a rise, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Friday... Did you really ask me if Roger Federer is in the mix for Wimbledon? Yeah. Is he? Were you being facetious? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have lots of mixed talk in our pre-Wimbledon tennis podcast, which is going to take place, uh, I don't exactly know when, next weekend. Draw takes place on Friday. We are going to be daily throughout Wimbledon, and uh, we will have Grad Matt. He's not even called Grad Matt anymore. Matt Roberts. I, I got stopped by a couple of lovely people earlier, and they asked me where Matt was. I know. I get this all the time. Where's Matt? <laughs> we're not enough for you anymore what have you done with Matt <laughs> you're working him too hard yeah well he's done an incredible job this week leading the uh, social media team at the Fever Tree Championships as have has everybody who works at that event Catherine has done a fantastic job on, uh, on Amazon Prime Video it's been just such a, a great experience to watch all this stuff happen and we're, yeah we're going to come back next week with the first of our daily Wimbledon shows hope you are enjoying all of our tennis podcasts it's basically you who's enabled us to do all this by backing us on our Kickstarter. We run them every year from the start of December through to the start of the Australian Open. And what it is, it's a six-week period where we just try to get you to pitch in so that we can try to make as many and as 
good a collection of tennis podcasts as we can throughout a 12-month period. We, we've, we did well over 100 last year. We're on course for doing the same amount this year. We seem to be going down fairly well with you because there's lots of you listening. Otherwise, you've got nothing else going on in your lives and you, you're listening to us to pass some time. But no, I don't think so. You, you, you very, we've had some lovely messages. And uh, so thank you for all of your support daily throughout Wimbledon, Catherine. That's going to be us, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it is. It sounds, feels like a long way off just at the moment at midnight while we're drinking wine and eating pizza. But anyway, it will happen and uh, we will be talking tennis every single day. Um, we are brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with our executive producers, tennisballs.com and our mascot, Rio, with a Y. We will be back next week. Tell your friends to listen to The Tennis Podcast and then we'll be there downloaded ready for you to listen to mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 